Good morning, friends. Uh, lovely to see your faces. What a joy. What a joy to be looking at on such a handsome church. Um, Rachel's kind of uh, said this a little bit already, but um, just to, to, to recap, at the beginning of every year, we have got into the habit, and I think it's quite a nice one, of saying, Lord, what do you want to say to this church community for the year? And uh, he's been really kind, really gracious in the things that he's given us. And he's not, he's not told us this is what's coming this year, for example. So in 2020, uh, he didn't say, by the way, COVID's coming and it's going to be big. But what he did say that year, and I didn't know why I was to stand up and share this back in January 2020, was uh, there will come a time this year when you cannot rely on the faith of the person sat next to you, when it's going to have to be about what happens between you and the Lord in your closed door room in secret. I didn't know why that was the message of the year. I had no idea that masks and tests or anything like that was coming. Jesus didn't tell me that bit, but the message that he graciously gave the church was one that prepared us. And there's been a few like that. I won't go back and list every single one of them. If you want to, to go and find out what the Lord has said to us for each of the last few years, I encourage you at the kingdomvineyard.com website, sorry, www.kingdomvineyard.com website, our website, go and have a look at that. Um, and you can find and listen to the previous talks there. Uh, if you like, you're very welcome to. Um, my sense also, before I move on from the, the kind of history, is that the messages that the Lord has given us have sort of built on each other year on year. It's not that we got to the end of one year and he went, uh, you don't actually have to have a personal relationship with me any year, anymore. The, the next. <laughs> so I think there's a sense of kind of a progression of the Lord saying, this, great, and also this is the focus, kind of an emphasis shift, things that come into the, the spotlight a little more. For this year, God spoke to me over and over again, starting back in uh, early November, which was really kind of him because it gave me a bit more of a break over Christmas about John chapter 15 and Jesus' words about the vine and the branches. So I think that the message that God has for this church in two parts from that passage for 2023 is that he says, remain in me, remain in me, hold fast, stay close, stay rooted, remain in me, and love one another simple enough. Remain in me, love one another. These are an invitation to relationship, to prioritize intimacy with Jesus, and an invitation to join him in bringing the kingdom of God in the lives of those around us. So if you haven't already, would you open your Bibles, paper or digital, to John's Gospel, starting in uh, chapter 15 and verse 1, the words will be on the screen, but actually we're going to be sort of dipping in and out as we go along, so it will be really helpful to you, I think, to have it in front of you if you can. Um, if you're thinking, what, you can get a Bible on the phone, just Google Bible and it comes up really quickly. And as you do that, David is very kindly going to come and read it to us. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Thank you, mate. Oh, yes, that's a good idea, a microphone. He's a pro, he's done this before. Thank you, mate. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. 
remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Amen. Thank you, David. Appreciate that very much. Thank you. That's 17 verses, and, and quite, um, John's style, he's quite poetic, so he sort of travels one way and weaves back and forth. We're not going to do a deep dive study of that this morning. I actually wrote that sermon on Thursday, and it was about an hour long. Um, so I binned it and started again. I would love for you to take those verses and to just spend a little bit of time perhaps um, reading over them, saying, Lord, what do you want to say to me again later on today or this week? Uh, John 15, 1 to 17, as well as, of course, we'll dip into it as we go along today. Part one, then. I believe Jesus is calling us, Kingdom Vineyard, to remain in me. And it's all about Jesus. When Jesus says, I am the true vine, he's confirming for us that he is the central focus. It's him that we need to be connected into. We are the branches. He is the main plant. Even, even God the Father is not the main focus in this picture. He's actively at work. He's tending the vine. But the spotlight is on God the Son, Jesus the vine. Whenever I hear the church being discussed in the media, like, for example, on Radio 4's Today program whilst I'm stumbling towards the shower of a morning, 
and there's an issue where the church is being discussed, I almost always end up frustrated with a sense of they just don't get it. The church that they are talking about doesn't usually feel like the body of Christ as I know it. And I think that those who are often looking in on the church, looking in on Christianity, struggle to work out what we are. I mean, they know we believe in God, but because that doesn't make sense to someone who hasn't met God, then that headline, that actual most important bit, gets sort of pushed to one side. And so Christians become reduced to a group who believe weird things and are for or against certain political or cultural ideas or causes. And that error, that complete miss, can even creep into our own thinking about ourselves. Within the church, we can sometimes say, hmm, so what is the Christian party to vote for? Or, well, it's obviously more of an issue in the USA than it is here, or what was the Christian position on this? Or what's the Christian answer to one issue or another? The danger of the church forgetting to hold on to our relationship with Jesus as the center of who we are, from which all other questions flow. The danger is that we could become just reduced to a social group who maybe do some good in society and who hold a set of beliefs and political opinions. We could think of Christianity as only being about this is our cause, you hold the banners. But I am the vine, you are the branches, locks our focus, our spotlight on Jesus. Our faith is not to consist of just a set of political positions or an ideology. We are first and foremost invited into a relationship with the God who created and sustains the universe as Lord of it and who loves us. That's where we start from in all things. And Jesus is saying, look, it's like this. I'm the vine, you are the branches. The relationship we're, we're to have, it's to be as inseparable as a branch from the plant's core. And in that relationship, it's my strength, God says, that will hold you up. It's my sustenance that will nourish you. My life that is to flow through you. Jesus is giving us such a picture of personal, complete fulfillment of intimate connection. I think this is such a good picture. Isn't it great when you, you look at something and say, oh, well done, Jesus. You did that bit well. <laughs> but it's such a good picture he gives us for showing the need that we have of Jesus. If a branch is ripped off a vine, it dies. Simple. If it remains rooted in, then the plant gives it life to grow, even to bear fruit that would multiply the plant. And Jesus promises us that if we remain in him, we too will bear fruit. We'll be productive. We'll fulfill the potential that he created for us to have in the first place. Okay, so far so good. So then what is it to remain in me? If we're going to take Jesus' invitation and warning to heart... What does Jesus actually, practically, specifically mean? And helpfully, he told us. You have it in front of you still, I'm sure. Verses 9 and 10. And just a test morag on the screen as well. Thank you, my friend. Verses 9 and 10. Jesus tells us, and I'm starting importantly, as the Father has loved me, says Jesus, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Could we keep that up for a little while? Mike Pilavacci says, Jesus' love language is obedience, which I think is excellently said. Actually, this isn't written, but if you've got a love language, I don't know how many of you have come across this idea of love languages. I quite like them. I think they can be helpful tools to work out in in a relationship. How am I showing love to... uh, Rachel's laughing at me. Her love language is food. Um, (laughs) I provide her food. One of my love languages is words of affirmation. So Rachel says, nice food, and I go, oh, thank you. It's, It's working very well for us 10 years in. If you know how to to love and care for and and please someone, be it a friend, a family member, a romantic relationship, you know how to give them something that will actually really land with them and they'll go, oh yes, I feel loved by this, then it's great. And I think, well yeah, this, this isn't in my notes, but I think your own love languages, if there is a way that you particularly feel loved by someone, just ask yourself, Lord, Or maybe ask the Lord, does he speak to you in that way? And ask yourself, have I seen God show me love in the ways that really land with me? I bet he has. And if there are ways that you give love to other people, your kind of defaults, just maybe look back on yourself and say, do I worship the Lord through that? And I bet you do a little bit. And I bet if you did more, it would be really... Anyway, do that. Try Let me know how it goes. (laughs) That was a great word of affirmation, brother. (laughs) But alongside the five love languages that this person's come up with as a tool... Mike Pilavacci's line, and I do think it's great, is Jesus' love language is obedience. If we do something that pleases, that lands with someone's love languages, our relationship improves them. It's the same with Jesus, except even more so. Because more than just having likes and dislikes, if God wants something for us, it's actually objectively correct. It's right. It doesn't really work to say, God, I know you like it when I give to the poor, but I think it would be better for you and I if I spent all my money on chocolate. (laughs) If God tells us to go a certain way, to do a certain thing, that's the way to go. He's God, obviously. And because God loves us, as verse 9 reaffirms, just to make sure that we know the context of this call to obedience, what God wants for us also happens to be what's best for us anyway, even better than what I think is good for me. So, how do we remain in Jesus and in his love? I would humbly suggest that we recognize that he is God and lovingly submit to him, lovingly obey him. Well, that's all well and good, Jim, but how do we then know what he wants us to do day by day? I suggest we maintain our relationship with him. Remain in him. I reckon that the more time you and I spend with Jesus, just sat with him, just inviting him to come and spend time hanging out with us, to come and meet us and to fill us, maybe singing worship just between you and him in a room where there's no one else there as a loving gesture, and crucially, seeing what he's already said to us. This Bible's an absolute gift, my friends. If you were looking up someone to to begin a friendship or a relationship online, would you not read the profile the person's put out there? Or if you were getting to know something really important about someone you cared about, would you not want to find out what they have said about how they see the world? 
This Bible's a gift for our relationship with Jesus. The more time in our normal, run-of-the-mill, day-to-day lives, the boring bits even, the more time that we give to spending with him, listening to him, the more we will hear his voice clearly through his Holy Spirit and his Holy Scripture. And back in our passage, verse 7 tantalizingly offers us that if we remain in Jesus and his words, there's that emphasis again on him speaking and us obeying, his words remain in us, then we can ask God whatever we wish and God will do it for us. I mean, that's pretty cool. If we are following his commands, if we are bringing in his kingdom when and where he tells us to, then... Well, his kingdom will come in those places, in those situations. When we lovingly and obediently take his presence into a situation, guess what? God's presence is there. And so we can, with confidence, and I've tried this and it doesn't always work, but we can ask God to heal people in prayer. And you know what? Sometimes it does work, and sometimes I see miraculous healings, and it's awesome. We can ask him to speak powerfully through us in prophetic words and pictures that will change someone's life. We can ask for miraculous provision. When we're doing what God asks us to, we're promised that his presence is there to back us up. If he is nudging us to do something, he's not sending us out without him. What God orders, he pays for. Well, that's a lovely picture. I don't mean to do it down. Like That's an amazing picture. The alternative to this is to disconnect from the vine, to become a branch that has not got his life flowing through us, which, just like a real plant, means that we begin to wither. I will confess, I am not a great gardener, and I keep doing this to my blackberry bush. I try and bend the branches into the trellis to try, wouldn't that look nice if that was in a line, and... And then I snap one, and I sort of push it back together and hope for the best. And uh, guess what? No life. It shrivels and dies, and near blackberries. (laughs) Jesus used a really good picture for our relationship with him. If we snap off from him, or even if we just stop seeking our life from him, then we dry up. Our spark begins to go. You'll notice it across all areas of life. Maybe we get into ruts, or worse, bad habits, that draw us further and further from him. It's a vicious circle. And it's so easy for us as individuals and for whole church communities to get distracted, even by an idea that might seem godly, and to find that they have not remained in Jesus. To miss what the Lord is saying or doing, and to find ourselves, individually or maybe as groups, drying up, drying up away from his life-giving presence. And in verse 4, Jesus warns us, no branch can bear fruit by itself. We need Jesus' life-giving presence in us to do Jesus' work. And even just to live life as he wants us to. Life without Jesus is rubbish, friends. If If you've joined us this morning and you're trying out church and you don't know Jesus, can I recommend starting that relationship with him today? Honestly, the difference, well, it's literally what you were made for. I believe it. 
And in verse 6, ultimately, disconnected branches are discarded with the terrifying words, thrown into the fire and burned. That's a whole other preaching itself and one that uh, I'm pretty nervous about. I hate the idea that a disconnected branch could end up discarded. What was this thrown in the fire business? Today we're going to focus on Jesus, the vine, is the source of our life. And if we branches are firmly stuck in him and receiving life from him, good things come. Remain in me. It's a call to relationship, to not allow us to disconnect or drift, or even to let the suppliers of his life and sustenance dry up or slow down, and not to let the other priorities of our lives subtly rob us of the life that Jesus wants us to have. So that's why I think that's God's invitation to us in Kingdom Vineyard in 2023. Remain in me. A call back to intimacy, to relationship, to strengthen our connection with him. To build habits, if we need, that ensure that our relationship with Jesus is defended from the busyness of life. Maybe that looks like cancelling Netflix or Disney+. Plus. Maybe that looks like deleting Instagram or whatever it is that you scroll through. Or whatever it is that sneaks a claim on your free moments and free headspace. And instead, to spend that time just sitting with and listening to the living God. Just even personally, in the last couple of weeks, the, the amount of times when I've, late in the evening, maybe we've watched a movie and thought, okay, that's nice, and thought, what should I do now? Shall I go straight to bed? Uh, well, I'll just see what's going on on Twitter or something. Well, don't do that. Uh, maybe I'll go and have a look at what's going on online. And then caught myself and gone, hang on a second. Phone down, screen off, TV off, and just sat with God. And even just in those 10 minutes, felt his presence draw near, felt him begin to speak in new ways, and thought, why the heck am I doing this as an afterthought? What if, instead of some story from a studio somewhere else, Jesus was speaking in... Well, what if? What if 2023 looked like, instead of whatever it was that was distracting me or sapping my attention away from Jesus... Can I encourage us that we take pruning shears to those things? This is not a theoretical talk, but a really practical one. Take pruning shears to whatever those things are that sap your time and energy away from him to be as close to Jesus as we possibly can this year. That's part one, remain in me. Part two, I think the life that Jesus wants us to have as a church in 2023, as Kingdom Vineyard, is love one another. In verse 12, Jesus gives us a clear instruction, which is an echo of the greatest commandment. He tells us to, in verse 12, love each other as I have loved you. Now, we could just read that as a nicety, reduce it down to, um, oh, Jesus says, be nice to one another. That's not what Jesus said. Love each other as I have loved you. That is a huge ask, actually. To make sure we don't miss that, verse 13 goes on. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Thank you. So, love one another, love each other, as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? To death, as I'm sure most of you know. Jesus laid down his life for you and I to be restored into that relationship with God. 
so that we can have his life in us and be branches connected into his vine. And so Jesus' call to us is, with our lives given to him, to live sacrificially for one another. Carol spoke really well on love just before uh, Christmas in one of her Advent talks, and um, it was great. And uh, you know, I, there was a really good quote that I haven't got time to read you, but it's dead good. Go and listen to it. One of the things that really spoke to me in this was that there is something about our living for each other that costing us something that matters. And if the way that I love Rachel is to just give her the chocolates in the celebrations box that I don't really like, then not only will she be getting quite a lot of Snickers, but she might question whether I've given her any love in that gesture. Actually, I was thinking about how to convey this exact point uh, about Friday lunchtime, and I felt God give me this to say, but it was lunchtime, so I paused. I nipped into town to grab some lunch um, because I had a free voucher for a Greg's festive bake. Hallelujah. <laughs> More Lord. And with it, there was a voucher for a free Greg's hot drink. And so, <laughs> so I stopped, and I saw one of the gentlemen who was sat begging on Market Street, and I said, ah, oh, can I offer you a hot drink to keep warm in this cold day? And, uh, and he said, nah, mate, actually, I've just had a sausage roll and a pasty and uh, my coffee, so I'm fine, thanks. But I'd love a bottle of Fanta and a caramel donut. <laughs> so I ended up uh, using the freebie on me, and spending a couple of quid on the guy who sat on the street. And I felt God go, <laughs> In the middle of writing this paragraph about costing something, love costing us something, I went to use a free voucher I didn't want or need on a guy who I thought might appreciate it. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. No, you're going to love this guy out of your own pocket. He's funny. He's funny. I know I'm one of his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> the model of love that Jesus calls us to is one that draws us out of our self-centered duvet cocoons. One that draws us out of our streaming service stupors, our scrolling ruts, and into ways of life that bring life to those around us, especially those who are in need. And when God does nudge us to act with him, and when we feel the cost of that, he's doing something immensely powerful in our lives. He's challenging our idols in that moment and growing us and strengthening us in him. I don't know why that moves me so much, but it does. I'd love to see us grow in those ways. The things that, that sneak a claim onto us, God going, nah, not that one. Come back to me there. So that life that we bring to those who are in need this is a big part of the fruit that I think he wants to grow in our branches. When we do remain in Jesus and his life flows through us to produce fruit, I think he produces what I'm going to call internal and external fruit. Remaining in Jesus changes us within. It changes our characters, as we're told really clearly in the fruit of the Spirit, in the, the list in the letter to the Galatians, which I didn't ask Morag to put up on the screen. I'm very sorry. If you want, you can go there. Galatians 5, 22, 23. This is the stuff that, the fruit that God grows within us. But the fruit of the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Being rooted in Jesus and having his life flowing through us will bring profound change into your personal life and mine. And this is good news. Heck, I need some more of that love, joy, peace, and the rest of them. I need those things. I need to make sure that I remain in him. But as well as that powerful internal stuff, there is more that Jesus wants to grow through me and you. There is an external, world-impacting fruit that he wants my branch to be growing with his strength, his sustenance, his life. Jesus expects us, expects his people, his body, to be making a difference in the lives of the people that we meet, to be caring for those who are in need, to be inviting God's presence and power into bringing miraculous power and presence into those who are suffering, those who are in need, introducing people to God who loves them and wants them to be reintroduced to his vine anyway. I have also, and we don't have time, but God's also spoken to me, um, nudged me to Matthew 25's sheep and the goats passage a few times in the last couple of weeks. The stuff that Jesus is talking about in the sheep and the goats passage, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was sick and you prayed for me and you visited me. He's, He's really keen on us doing that stuff. And all of these things, be they practical, prayerful, or hopefully both, all these things are bringing in the kingdom of God, continuing the work that Jesus started himself and commissioned us to do and empowered us to do with his Holy Spirit. Every time we see God move through one of these ways, our lives are bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, which is how he designed us. This church thing isn't meant to be a club where you discover the secret password It's Jesus' Lord, by the way. And you get to hang out in the happy club with donuts and coffee and some really good music. That's not God's plan for us. The kingdom of God is to be an active force in the world. The presence of God transforming our lives, yes, here on a Sunday, but also transforming the lives of the people around us, bearing fruit in the world. And this year, I believe that we, specifically we Kingdom Vineyard, are being invited to make practical decisions to make sure that we remain in Jesus and love one another. It's not just one another here, but the one another all around us. When John Wimber was asked where the meat in his teaching was, he answered, the meat is on the street. That is, if you want to go deeper with God, we do so not to listening to more podcasts or studying more theology, as good as those things are, but by rolling our sleeves up and putting into action what we understand God has told us to do. It's in stepping out. It's in loving one another practically. It's when we invite his presence and his power into those situations, and especially with those who don't yet know Jesus, that we will see more of Jesus than a theology course could ever teach us. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, that's the most fertile ground to do it pretty selfish actually i mean it's really good to bless people too but you know you'll get to see jesus move and that's fun god's really clever actually here because all these parts of his plan god's really clever well done all these parts move together so beautifully god cares about the poor and the marginalized god cares about us his people 
growing to become more filled with him and more like him. And God wants those who don't know him yet to discover him and encounter his love for them. And by his people, filled with his presence, stepping out and loving those around us, he is changing the world, bringing in the kingdom of God one situation at a time and one life at a time, and at the same time, blessing us and growing us as loving servants of him while he's at it. Remain in me, love one another. Okay, so as we draw to a close, how do we practically take this message into the life of Kingdom Vineyard in 2023? My friends, I think that Jesus is inviting us to be pruned. To see, to even take a practical, maybe a hard look at what is competing with our relationship with him in our day-to-day lives. We have the opportunity to see what is restricting the flow of his life into us by preventing our time spent with him, asking him to speak, reading our Bibles. In fact, asking him to speak and reading our Bibles. Do them together, that's even better. To see what's holding us back from meeting him in worship. I invite you to pray with me. It's my prayer too. Lord, search me. Prune in me what you want to prune to allow me to receive more of your life. And Lord, let me rest in you and remain in you. I also think that Jesus is inviting us to consider how we can love the world around us. You've probably seen the news. There is tremendous need at the moment. Tremendous need. And amongst that tremendous need, we have a tremendous opportunity to love people around us. So, just some thoughts. Do you have time to serve in storehouse and to love those around you with, who need help with extra food? Do you have time to maybe spend a morning a week sat in the St. David Centre Hub Cafe making friends for those for whom that's a lifeline, even maybe offering to pray with them and see Jesus breaking in with hope where it's most needed? If either of those stir something in you, please talk to Lucy. Lucy, give us a wave. Hello. She's great. She's our compassion pastor and will be delighted to talk about places that you can get involved in the kingdom of God work in the midst of such growing need through Kingdom Vineyard. And as I look around, there are fantastic other opportunities that members of this church are leading and involved in to to serve and bless and bring the kingdom of God into lives around our area as well. Or maybe, maybe you're busy during the day, from those examples I just gave for Lucy and Kingdom Vineyard, but maybe you've got a Friday evening free every few weeks and you care about seeing young people grow in their relationship with Jesus, if that stirs your heart, maybe talk to Aline, our family's pastor, after she's finished down with KV Kids this morning. She'd love to chat about KV Youth with you. Actually, that's really fun. Okay, well, what about loving our neighbors? What about our actual neighbors? Rachel and I have really enjoyed uh, beginning to get to know a few people on our street. Are there people who you live near for whom you could spend just an extra few minutes one day with having a chat that turns into maybe an opportunity to bless them somehow. What might God do for them to show his love for them through that we start? These are just examples. Maybe there's some other practical way that you might feel the Lord nudging you to sacrificially love others. Whatever it is, Lord, build your kingdom in us and through us this year, I pray. I would love for us to say, yes, Lord, 
that we choose to remain in him and love one another. And I think those things will make for a year of seeing Jesus doing glorious things in and through his church family. And with that, if you're able, why not stand with me and let's pray. I'm going to give just a, a moment or two to give you the opportunity to meet the Lord yourselves before I start speaking again. Um, don't let me just speak for you. We're not, we're not here to go through the motions. Loving Father God, thank you so much that you love us enough to call us, to remind us to come to you in a, a greater, stronger intimacy, <coughs> to have the opportunity to ask you to prune whatever might be pulling us away from you. Thank you that you love this world around us so much that you would want to change it to bring in your kingdom where it's needed and that you would be so Lord I most want to say reckless but so generous as to involve us in that plan so I ask would you do what you want to in each of our hearts Lord would you come and fill us with your presence come Holy Spirit in greater and greater measure in every heart here If there are practical things that we know we need to bring to you, then Lord, speak to us. Come do that business with us this morning. If there's a sense of just needing to recommit to you, then speak clearly, please, Lord, into each heart. You know what we, <laughs> what we need with you, so you come and speak, Lord. And would you give us a hunger for your presence? A hunger for you? Would you make it that actually nothing else would satisfy, that we love your presence, that we love hearing from you and spending time with you? Come, Lord Jesus, this year in, in hunger. Amen.